the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Since July 4th, we've been talking about freedom. We began with Jason Yates, CEO of My Faith Votes, as we talked about political freedom. We continued with Judge Wayne Mack in a conversation about our freedom under the law. We replayed two episodes from last year talking about the gift of our freedom, the price of our freedom, and the freedom we have to choose. And today, we're continuing in our series with a special guest who many of you will remember from last year when we talked about friends with the world and enemies of God. Tom Kilgannon is the president of the Freedom Alliance, an organization that supports military heroes and their families. The Freedom Alliance advances the American heritage of freedom by honoring and encouraging military service, defending the sovereignty of the United States, and promoting a strong national defense. And it's an honor to have him back on our show. Tom, welcome. Thanks for joining us again. Hey, Rich. It's always good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And as always, I'm joined by my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Hello, everyone, and Tom, hello. So glad to have you back. Good to hear you, Christy. Good to be on. (laughs) Friends, let us pray together. Heavenly Father, though we live in a free nation, many of us live in bondage. We live in bondage to fear. We live in bondage in our finances. We live in bondage at work. We live in political bondage, and we live in bondage to the ways of a fallen world which have shown themselves to be sinful fruitless and destructive to us, to our families, and to our communities. Every day the world seeks to enslave us more, and yet you have set us free. Help us, Lord, to live in that freedom. Help us to walk through the doors of enslavement which you have opened. Help us to step forward courageously in faith in every area of our lives. We ask you to bless this conversation and all of our listeners and we ask you to bless our nation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tom, catch us up on what's been happening with the Freedom Alliance. Well, things are going great, Rich. Uh, Thanks for that, and thanks for having me on again. This is such an important topic, and Freedom Alliance has been out there taking care of America's veterans, our combat vets, and um, the sons and daughters of military families, and we do that in a variety of ways, as you know. One is we're giving college scholarships to kids who have lost a parent in the line of duty or had a parent who was severely injured. And we have now, I'm proud to tell you, that since 
9-11, those attacks of September 11, 2001, over 20 years ago. We have now given out over $20 million in college scholarships. We've been able to help more than 2,000 students who've had a, a parent who sacrificed greatly for our nation. And uh, each of these scholarships obviously helps with uh, the rising cost of college education, but more importantly, it's a symbol and it's a reminder that, um, you know, these families are not going to be forgotten by a grateful nation. And we do a lot of work with combat veterans as well. And I think, you know, one of the areas where we are really working with combat vets very heavily and, and something that's very important, and I know this will resonate with your audience, it is trying to help them overcome the wounds of war. And one aspect or, or one uh, segment of those wounds of war are what we refer to as moral injuries. And those are the kinds of injuries that affect the heart. They affect the soul. They, um, they really prevent a combat veteran from getting to the next stage of rehabilitation. Uh, it might um, help a, or, or encourage a combat veteran to fall into dangerous vices and, and rely on uh, sinful behaviors in order to get through their day. And so we're trying to work with them to identify what are the causes uh, of them not being able to have a more complete rehabilitation. And those causes really are the memories, the visions, uh, the actions that they may have done or not done in combat that just haunt them in their minds and in their souls. Uh, they often have feelings of sin and guilt and doubt and survivor's uh, remorse. And we're, we're putting together events and counseling sessions that help them get through that. And, uh, and it's extraordinarily important because it can be paralyzing to them in their everyday lives. That is just such amazing wow. work. Wow, yeah. And I have uh, had opportunity to witness some of that work, friends, uh, when I visited with some of the veterans and their families who are participating in Freedom Alliance events. And it's truly, um, it's truly important because our ministry uh, focuses very much on helping men to find the Christian warrior within and to lead families and uh, in the relationship that they have with Jesus to find all the good that they can do. And that's the foundation. And, uh, and you need people to make that happen. It's absolutely true. And uh, we've got to get healthy. So uh, that is fantastic work. Now, you, you mentioned that uh, you had a sponsorship in NASCAR. That sounded cool. Oh, yes. And uh, so that, that's the fun part. So uh, this weekend coming up, uh, we're going to have a, uh, a car in, in the Xfinity NASCAR race in the Poconos. And uh, it'll be driven by uh, Santino Ferrucci, who's, who's the most dynamic and exciting driver in NASCAR, in my opinion, and a really great team, the Sam Hunt Racing Team. And so the Freedom Alliance uh, name and logo will be on there. And, of course, that'll be carrying – the, uh, the hopes and aspirations and the thanks and appreciation for all the combat veterans and all the military families that we represent. And, uh, and I expect to see it in the winter circle. <laughs> ah, that's fantastic. That's fun. <laughs> so uh, you heard what I said in the intro. We've been doing a series on freedom. And I wonder, did you have an opportunity to catch any of those shows? I did. I think, you know, it's a... Uh, 
I, I listen to them, and, and they're great. And I, and I thank you for, for doing them and for doing not just a show but a series of shows because this is the – when we talk about freedom, it's such a it – it can be a broad concept, uh, and it's an important one, and it's something that we have to understand. Uh, we have to understand freedom in the spiritual sense. We have to understand freedom in the political sense and how they interrelate with each other, and we have to understand how to practice our freedom and accept it and appreciate it and further it uh, for the benefit of God. And so uh, I have I have listened to it. I, I think you you all have really done a, a wonderful job. And I think uh, you know some of the takeaways I, I took and, and noted in some of those discussions, Rich, are uh, that first program that you had with uh, Jason Yates, and and he talked about uh, voting and the importance of voting and the reluctance sometimes or too often, I guess, of Christians to vote and exercise their right to vote and their reluctance to go into the public square and to express themselves and fight for uh, their values, our values. And, uh, and, and that's tremendously important because I really believe that we are doing a disservice to God if we are not voting and we are not exercising our gift of freedom that he has given us. I think it's, you know, I liken it a little bit to the parable of the ten talents, where we're we're given these gifts, and we have to invest in them, and we have to uh, make use of them and do honor to God by appreciating what they have to offer and how they can help spread his ministry here on earth. Yeah, absolutely. It's not whether or not uh, politics is a mud-slinging affair. Um, It's not that we're above it. What it is is that if we don't occupy the ground, then the enemy will occupy the ground. And so uh, I love that you connected with that because as we saw uh, with Jason Yates, it was the Trump administration that produced the Supreme Court, which is now making decisions, historical decisions, returning us to a nation under God and a nation ruled by a constitution. And we've seen those big decisions. And then in the next show, when we talk to Judge Mack, uh, we further understand the ramifications of the changing character of the Supreme Court. So, yeah, I love that you've pointed out the fact that uh, politics isn't pretty, and I don't want to be a politician, but neither can I stand back and not participate because that's just not voting is a vote. And I think it's important that we understand that. So, yeah, I appreciate yeah. your connecting with that. And, and Rich, you said something uh, really important there about the ground and, uh, you know, who's on the ground. There's that, that ancient adage that says, he who controls the region controls the religion. And, uh, you know, that's what that's what we have to work toward is to uh, make our voices heard here in the public square and public life. And, uh, and more people have to do that. But I will say this, I am encouraged that I do see more of it going on and, uh, and, and among young people as well. And, and that is very encouraging to me because I think there's a tremendous spirit and a tremendous energy in America, in America's young people, young Christians and young conservatives who are uh, who are teaching us old badgers, you know, <laughs> some lessons and uh, and and renewing our faith and renewing our energy, and that uh, that lifts me uh, up a, a lot. 
I absolutely agree. Um, you know, it comes from a place of gratitude. When we start in gratitude, uh, then we have to take it all in. And kind of like the Freedom Alliance does, in gratitude to these veterans and their families for the sacrifices made, then we can fully appreciate the freedom. And then we must necessarily ask after that, what do we do with this gift that was so uh, hard won? And then we say, what's the best thing we can do? And friends, as I've said before, if we do what we think is right in some humanistic way, relying on our own reason, then we're no different from the enemy. They're doing what they think is right. The delineating factor, the difference, is when we do what the Bible says is right, then we can rely on the outcomes. And we're going to talk about that in the second segment with Tom Kilgannon, president of the Freedom Alliance, which is doing such amazing work for our veterans, military heroes, and their families. Friends, stay with us. God's Word says that He loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that part of Scripture often quoted when it comes to tithing. Friends, we'd like you to consider your cheerful giving to God through Courageous Christianity. With your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us achieve our mission to equip Christian men for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. No amount is too small. You can make a donation by texting any amount to 281 800 That's 281-800-4940. Or visit CourageousChristianity.today. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of host Richard Mindelow's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, a devotional that will equip you in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate and find more information about the Courageous Christianity ministry, links to all the aired shows, a blog for Christian warriors, and an opportunity to submit prayer requests at CourageousChristianity.today. Please donate and be a part of sustaining our efforts in serving our Heavenly Father by serving His warriors on the spiritual battlefield. Please text to donate at 281-800-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. God bless you. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking with the president of the Freedom Alliance, Mr. Tom Kilgannon, who is a frequent guest on the show. And he said something in the last segment about being hopeful uh, about what he's seeing in American youth. And I'd like to ask you a little more about that, Tom. What is it exactly that has caused you to feel so hopeful? Well, Rich, I think, uh, you know, obviously the, the future is in the youth. And uh, what I see in, in my circles and, and where I go and, and what I look at online and uh, in churches and uh, as I go around the community, I see, uh, I see a new energy on college campuses, on, uh, in high school campuses, where uh, the, the conservative youth, the faithful youth are uh, really, um, they're starting clubs, they're speaking out, they're being more active, they're defending their faith and their beliefs, and uh, there's, a, there's a really a higher, much higher level of activism, and not just a higher level of activism, but a, uh, a, a better, more focused, uh, really 
a, a wonderful um, uh, intellectual activism that is taking place. Also in the churches, when you know, when I go to church, you we see a lot of these uh, vans, these multi-passenger vans, uh, and you've got uh, young married couples with four, five, six, seven children uh, who are you know coming in and, and going out of church and. Uh, they they are they're practicing their faith. They're uh, having big families. They're spending time with their families. Uh, fathers are setting a great example, and and that's what I see. And I'm and as I said in the previous segment, I'm energized by that because it goes to the issue of hope and optimism, uh, and that's what we need in order to face the struggles that we are facing today. Well, uh, I love that because that touches on the idea that we believe so deeply at Courageous Christianity, and that is in every attack in uh, the Marines, uh, in war, you always have a main effort. You have a key area that, that you focus on the enemy's critical vulnerability, and the enemy has done that to us. They have focused on attacking men in order to attack family. So what you said about seeing a big family pulling up at church, uh, kids and a father and stuff, it really does get to the heart of the ministry, which is helping Christian men find the warrior within them to lead their families, supported by amazing women, and that family then becomes the building block of God's kingdom. So with that said, and I'm wondering, and Tom, to use your word energizing, <laughs> uh, what do you think is energizing this particular activism? Uh, faith, certainly, a belief in God and understanding of uh, the gifts that God gives us. And, and I think a... Um, and I think a belief in in our country as well, and uh, and a faith and an optimism that we can do better. Uh, you know, obviously we're facing a lot of struggles right now, and and there's a there's a, a level of mindlessness of uh, silliness, uh, to put it in polite terms, that is taking place in our in our political culture or uh, in our society today. And it just gets a lot of people to the point of, I just can't take it anymore, and we just got to fight back. And, and all you need to fight back is common sense, and people are exercising that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Christy, you had a follow-up. No, I was just, what I picked up there was this optimism, and so what I'm hearing there is that where the youth are, they're seeing this silliness, as you said, and so now they're optimistic to make a change. Is is that kind of where do you think the activism is coming from? Like, let's do something different. Yes, let's do let's do something different. Let's make our community better. Let's not allow uh, this uh, these untruths uh, to uh, infiltrate our society anymore. Whether it's in our schools or or in our boardrooms or uh, in our churches or in our uh, uh, athletics, uh, whatever it is, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of lies and deception that are taking place, and uh, and and they're no longer um, disguised. They're out in the open, and so many people are saying that's not the kind of community I want to live in. That's not what I want for my kids, and so I'm going to do something about it. And uh, and and so they're 
they're getting engaged and they're fighting back out of a probably out of a, a need for uh, out of necessity um, and out of desire to uh, to do God's will. You know that that does bring a ton of hope. The thing that I think is people listening to this, they probably think, well, that's not the youth I have in my mindset. Like I don't think youth would be doing that, but I hear the reverse. Like they're like, hey, let's make a change for good. Yeah, uh, you know, we often say this, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it too well. So in that scripture, we know that our souls know the truth, just like a child that has been adopted wants to know their uh, more about their birth parents. So our souls want to know our spiritual father, and it creates tremendous dissonance when we don't. And I think eventually that soul is going to find its way out like a splinter that just uh, keeps working its way out. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we had an amazing young man contact us by email, uh, 14 years old, oh, yeah. <laughs> and say, I want to know the truth. Can you please help me? And we've had several phone conversations since. I'm still in awe. I mean, if I was 14 and asking that question, I, I mean, my life would have been a lot different. I just think he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And he, he told me the story about how he goes to school and the teachers say these things and he knows they can't be true. Mm. And so he wants to know what is true. And so uh, we've been talking about that together in these long, amazing phone conversations. And so... I think you're right. You know, in the Marine Corps, when stuff gets really, really, really hard, uh, we have this um, sarcastic expression and we say, my fun meter is pegged. So this little <laughs> gauge uh, that's a fun meter and it's got a little needle and you're, the needle's pointing to full. I've had all the fun I can stand. And I think uh, if I hear you right, what you're saying is a lot of our kids have had all the nonsense they can stand and now their souls just want to know truth. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's right, Rich and, and Christy. And you know, I would uh, I would further answer or, or add to this conversation by coming at it from a from another angle, because you know, you asked about the the series you've done and the and the previous shows. And in one of those programs, you asked a, a very um, well, you ask a lot of great questions, but uh, you asked one one really great question, which was, what is the uh, what's the biggest threat? facing this nation. You put that to your guest. And I, you know, I thought about that and I have an answer to that. But before I give you my, my one word answer to that question, we can look at that in a number, in a number of ways. And we can, we can analyze the external threats to the country. You know, we've got China and we've got terrorism, we've got Russia, or you could look at the economic threats that are currently facing our country, which is inflation and the supply chain and everything else. And obviously, we've got a lot of social and cultural problems. But I think the the biggest threat, despite what I just said about the youth, because this is this is affecting my generation very much, the biggest threat is despair. Uh, and too many people are seeing all of the problems and the issues that we're facing in this country, and they're getting down, and they're allowing themselves to be um, to to go into the proverbial closet and to hide, and to lose hope and lose faith. And 
you know, there's uh, uh, the Bible addresses this issue of, of despair uh, in a number of places, but but one that that comes to my mind is in Second Corinthians chapter four. Uh, there's a passage that says, "We are afflicted in every way, but not constrained; perplexed, but not driven to despair; persecuted, but not abandoned; struck down, but not destroyed." And I think what's being said there is. We're going to have problems in this world. We're going to have issues, but we need to be engaged. We need to fight, and we need to have the hope and the confidence that God is going to be with us as we try to spread his truth. I think that we could uh, end the show right there. That was just absolutely brilliant, and I, I do sense that despair in a lot of people and I think it's very easy on the battlefield when you sense the enemy overwhelming you at every point. But keep in mind, uh, it's kind of like the Lord Hee Haw during World War II that would transmit on the radio to Britain all of these lies about how well the Nazis were doing. And uh, it, uh, Shakespeare said, the lady doth protest too much. Uh, you've got these people who are less than 30% of the population of the United States involved in all of these shenanigans telling you how they're overwhelming you at every point, and the media trumpets that, and it's just not true. And right. nothing that they are doing is working. They can point to no single success, not political, not geopolitical, not economic, not cultural. We are not happier, we are not slimmer, we're not healthier, we're not more married, we're not better fed. There is nothing that they do or say that is the truth. And you're absolutely right when you say, we know that by reference to Scripture. So in, in uh, putting the exclamation point on the end of your argument, you used Scripture. And it is just so important, because the only way you can sift through the lies is when you know the truth. And the truth is not what I say it is. It's not what you say it is, nor Christy, although she's really smart. It's what God <laughs> says it is. And it's in the Bible, and it's written in black and white. And the first thing any of us can do as we prepare to contend on the spiritual battlefield of this world is learn what is true and reference everything to that. And that's where the true hope is. And that's where the hope is, and we can be hopeful about that, friends. Uh, we win in the end, but we've got to get from here to there, and we do that when we focus our attention on God and His loving Word, and then put that to action. As James said, faith without works is dead. Each of us has a different talent, and we must bring that to bear. Stay with us. We'll be back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. 
I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Can we find a friend so faithful? Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Tom Kilgannon, who is just saying some beautiful things about his faith in the youth of this nation. And it's kind of amazing when everybody wants to point at NetGens, Gen Zs, Millennials, and all these other different uh, groups and say they're the problem. In my mind, it absconds responsibility as leaders. And first question I always ask when somebody is not acting as they should is, is this a leadership failure? And we were having that conversation a little bit at the break, and then Tom said some amazing things, and I asked him to please pause and uh, bring them to us now, because, Tom, you were saying it's easy to feel despondent. It is easy to feel despondent, and it's easy to get down. Uh, and, and as you get a little bit older, uh, your your energy level uh, decreases, as we all know. Well, not Christy, but you and I, Rich. And, <laughs> oh, no, it's going down, um, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so... When, when you look out across the horizon of, of the kinds of issues that we're facing in this country, and I, I rattled a few of them off uh, earlier in the conversation, that uh, there, there's so much to be done, and there's, there's so much work that we need to do. And personally, for me, I, I want to do it all, and I, I want to get my hands uh, involved in, in, in anything that I feel like I can, I can bring uh, something to the table. But of course, as you know, as you get a little bit older, you can you can only do so much. And so then I look out and I see the youth, and I see good uh, young Christians, good young conservatives, people who are they're they're fighting these issues. They're fighting it with faith. They're fighting it with confidence, with a sense of humor, with hope and optimism. And it really um, it, it makes me feel hopeful for. Uh, the future of America, and it makes me feel uh, energized and, and helps me to do a little bit more. And when you, when you look around, obviously, uh, as you mentioned, there, there are a lot of youth that are on the other side and, and causing many of these problems. But it is 
it is our side. It is the the faithful young Christians who are rising up and bringing tremendous spirit to it. And I get to work with these youth, and maybe that's why I have this perspective, Rich, is because, uh, as I mentioned at the at the outside at, at the front end of the show, Freedom Alliance provides college scholarships to kids whose parents were killed or disabled in military service. We've got more than 600 students on scholarship this year, and these are good kids. These are kids that uh, want to go to school, want to honor their parents' service, want to follow in the footsteps of serving their community, serving their country, doing well. When they go on to campus, they're not studying all that garbage and all that nonsense. They're studying science. They're studying economics and engineering. And they want to contribute to the betterment of this society. And that's, you know, that's, that's part of where my energy comes from. Uh, amazing. Uh, they're getting in the fight. And uh, I mentioned this poem that has always resonated with me. So I grew up in a, in a British house, and poetry was important, and duty and honor was important. And a lot of the way you understood your duty and honor was by reference to history. And by the way, that's one of the reasons why we don't want to teach history in school, because then people don't understand the, the potential of the individual to do great things. But there's this poem by Sir Henry Newbold called Vitae Lampada, and the second verse talks about uh, passing the opportunity on to youth, and it says, The sand of the desert is sodden red, red with the wreck of the square that broke, the gatlings jammed and the colonels dead, and the regiments blind with the dust and smoke. But the river of death has brimmed its banks, and England's far and honor a name. But the voice of a schoolboy rallies the ranks, play up, play up, and play the game. And it's just talking about how when we give uh, leadership and opportunity to the youth, and we give them guidance, show them the light, direct them toward the light, that they will then run with exuberance the race uh, of which we are kind of sort of tiring as we get older. Well, I'm also hearing these um, children, this youth, Tom, that you're talking about, it sounds like to me that they've lost something. And so they haven't been given everything, not this sense of entitlement that often our youth they got skin in the game. They've got, yeah, they've got skin in the game. And so now they're doing something with it. And I heard you say they're honoring their parents. Absolutely. They are. And, 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 you know, I want to, I want to uh, reference something else because in, in my remarks, uh, I think these, these youth are maybe not uh, directly or even consciously doing this, but they are speaking to the spirit of George Washington's farewell address. And I know this is uh, an address that you have referenced previously and that you've read in in detail and and put parts of it to memory. But in this address, and this is one of the most important political addresses uh, ever, and if, if there are folks in your audience who have not read George Washington's farewell address, they need to, because there are so many lessons in it. But one that really has always resonated with me is Washington says this, Um, He says, if we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. And, of course, he's talking about history, and that becomes important today. But he goes on to say that um, with this, he says, I'm warning of the eradication of the American memory, which could result ultimately in the erosion of the American spirit. And if you think about that and what's going on today, yeah. where statues are being torn down, uh, churches are being burned, statues of religious figures and symbols are being destroyed, 
flags are being protested and burned and removed from places of honor. All that goes to the motivation of the left, which is to remove truth and beauty from the public square and from society as a whole. Because if we don't have the symbols, if we don't have Christ on the cross, if we don't have him risen from the grave, we don't have hope. Yeah, and without I... hope, we can't fight. And then we feel the despondency that they want us to feel, and in that despondency, we become immobilized. But friends, what I want to say is, when you're being attacked by the enemy, that that is not when you get despondent. You don't take the enemy's word for the truth, and you don't take the enemy's word for his successes on the battlefield. And so it begs the question, how do we know the truth, and how do we know the real state of affairs on the battlefield? We know the truth by reading the Bible— We know the truth by being involved in church and surrounding ourselves with people who speak the truth, not necessarily religion, but the truth of the Bible. And we surround ourselves with those people because then instead of feeling despondency, we can look at them and see amazing stories of courage and success and determination. And then we're not taking the enemy's word for things. We're out there on the battlefield taking the fight to them. Because here's a news bulletin for everybody. They're not happy. Ironically, as much as they say that they're advancing the cause of uh, man and all of this stuff, turn on the TV, you'll see 500 commercials for drugs that address every uh, unhappiness, malady, etc. So they're saying they're winning, but if they were winning, they'd be happier. Well, if you think about the word dis-ease, it's dis-ease. So we're not in a place of ease or or that... Um, all of that, the media and so forth, are, are taking us more to that despondent place. Yeah. Uh, just see how many co- commercials there are for drugs. Uh, with that said, friends, I would like to read you something that I came across doing research for this show in a blog by Father Zechariah Lynch of the Orthodox Church entitled The Disease of Secular Humanism and the Cure. Please listen to this. Events in the world seem to be transpiring at breakneck speed. This is intentional, keeping people swirling in a hurricane of sensory and informational overload is a psychological tactic. Moreover, it is a spiritual tactic of the enemy. His toadies in this world simply execute his tactics and agendas. Illness, civil and political unrest, war, climate, threat of shortages, increase in expenses, and the list goes on. Most of these are controlled and constructed events. The goal is to keep people off balance and to immobilize them with confusion, doubts, anxieties, fears, and so forth. In such a spiritual state, it is much easier to manipulate people, and manipulation is the goal. He goes on to say, For the Christian... The truth is immutable and everlasting. Christ Jesus said, I am the truth. Truth is a matter of life and true life. Thus, knowing the truth is vital for a true Christian, for this is our freedom and this is our life. What do you think about that, Tom? I think it's amazing. I think it's absolutely correct. Um, You know, we... 
we have to have uh, a, a standard of truth, and of course that is found in Scripture and the Bible, and uh, without that, we're just going to be going in, in all kinds of directions. And that, that truth is the grounding for the fight that we find ourselves in currently, uh, because I think so much of uh, what we are arguing about and what we're struggling over in this country uh, it, it is less political than it used to be. It is um, less economic than it used to be. It's really a a struggle over faith and uh, and and spirituality. And uh, I, I think the the left, when they come to this battle, they're trying uh, not so much to change state law or federal law. They're trying to change the laws of nature. And uh, and we have to understand that and, and understand the motivations of those who are working within our society to um, try and, and change it in a way that does not align with God's will and with our Constitution and our political system that has served us so well uh, for well over 200 years. Yeah, uh, brilliant uh, point. And by the way, it doesn't align with the same science they point to when they're telling you about climate change and all of these other things. So they are a convoluted, twisted, manipulative lot. Nothing they are doing is working. And the only way we know what to do is to read the Bible and know its truth. Abraham Lincoln said, place your feet in what is right and stand firm, and we must figure out what's right and that comes by reference to the Bible. So stay with us, friends. We're going to talk more about this in the final segment with Tom Kilgannon. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you were training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete— Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Tom Kilgannon of the Freedom Alliance, which does such amazing work for American heroes and their families who are also American heroes. And I've said often on the show, concern yourself with the needs of others and your needs will be met. When we feel despair and when people feel put upon, it's very easy to go internal. And yet the fix is to focus 
outward. And so what I'd like to ask is, Tom, tell us how our listeners could contribute to the Freedom Alliance, can find the Freedom Alliance, and support the Freedom Alliance as they focus outward on uh, their fellow heroes and their fellow Americans on this battlefield. Sure, that'd be great, Rich. Thank you, because uh, Freedom Alliance does rely on the generosity of the American public and to fund those scholarships for kids of heroes and to help combat veterans. And the best way to find us is on the Internet at freedomalliance.org. That's freedomalliance.org. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, but our main website is on freedomalliance.org. And there's a, if folks are so inclined, uh, we'd really appreciate a, a contribution to help us out. And that's uh, freedomalliance.org is the best way to do that. Absolutely, friends. I have seen the work that uh, the Freedom Alliance does, and I met some of the kids, amazing kids, and I met some of the veterans, and it is money well invested in uh, this nation and the best things about this nation. So we're in the fourth segment, and we're talking about American freedom and we're referencing the last four episodes that we've had beginning July 4th, and we've talked about politics and our freedom under the law, and we've talked about the gift of freedom and the cost of freedom and the opportunity that we have. And Tom has said that he sees the biggest threat as despair, and I totally get that because the enemy immobilizes us with the bullhorn of their failures. And so... What I would like to ask Tom, uh, as we uh, as we work toward the end of the show, we talked about Christians in the public square, Christians living out their faith in everything they do. What could you offer? Well, Rich, I think it's uh, it's important uh, that we uh, be engaged, that we do exercise that right to vote, and that we do uh, whatever whatever talents God has blessed us with, that we bring those to bear. Uh, on making positive change in our communities, in our institutions, and in our society. And I've talked uh, throughout the show about being optimistic and, and uh, seeing, uh, being energized by the youth and, and by others in society. And the, the reason for that is because recently we have had some victories. We have had reason uh, to be energized and, and to be happy that there are those who are courageous enough in, in our society to to be fighting the good fight. Uh, and some of that is in, in just in legal terms. You know, we obviously the Supreme Court has handed down a number of decisions recently. The Dobbs decision is uh, is very well known and understood. It's really more of a lesson in civics uh, than than anything else. Uh, but it's it's a decision that ought to be read by everybody, as well as uh, Washington's farewell address. But you also referenced in one of the previous programs uh, the case of Kennedy versus uh, Bremerton School District, which is Coach Joe Kennedy exercising his right to pray on the football field after a game. And he went through a great deal. He showed tremendous courage to take this case through the legal system and ultimately get a victory in the Supreme Court, and I think your audience is familiar with that. Now, one case they might not be as familiar with, it was just handed down about um, a week or 10 days ago. It was by a U.S. District Court in the Southern District, and it in this, the, the judge issued a temporary restraining order on the United States Air Force because airmen in the Air Force brought suit because they did not want 
to be forced to get the vaccine based on religious objections to the vaccine. So here you have people in our military, young people who are exercising their religious freedom against the authorities and prioritizing their health over what somebody else thinks is the right way to go. So all of these uh, victories uh, point to me to uh, examples of how each of us can be courageous in our own way. And an analogy I would make is for Christians <clears throat> that we have, when we go to school, we've go, we go to Sunday school, we go to church, uh, we read our Bible, we say our prayers. All of that is or can be preparation for something greater, for something other, for uh, to steal our will to be able to participate in these battles in this worldly society. And the, the imperfect analogy I would make is go back to the 1980 U.S. Olympic team, uh, the, the hockey team that, that, that defeated uh, the Soviet Union, an unthinkable goal at that time, an unthinkable victory. And before the U.S. hockey team, this uh, of young amateurs brought together just a few months before going up against the tremendous professionals of the Soviets, Coach Herb Brooks gave them this speech, and in it he said basically this, this is the moment in time, and this is what you have prepared for. It's what you have trained for. It is what you have fought for. And now is the time to go out onto the field of battle, onto the ice, and to apply all those lessons that you've learned. And I think for us as Christians, this is, this is the time, baby. I mean, we are living in a time when so much of it is coming to a head, and we have to be on the field of battle. We have prepared ourselves. We've prayed. We've studied. We've asked God for guidance. Now it's time to go out and do it. And that, I think, is, is, is what we need to do and what we need to be prepared to do in order to uh, have victory here in our society and in our country. Uh, friends, I think that's a very powerful and motivating message. Uh, Tom, thank you. Uh, you know, what I would add as so important is we cannot just run out there and do what we think is right. As Tom said, everything must be referenced to Scripture. And Scripture says, For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the principalities and evil in the heavenly realm. So, friends, you must remember... Americans are not your enemy. It is the spirit of evil within them that is the enemy. And our fight is not against our fellow Americans or against uh, people who think differently from us. They are our opportunity, and that's what's so hard about counterinsurgency. So Paul said that we're not responsible for sin because it's evil in us that does the sin, and neither are they. And so it's with compassion and pity, Jesus said, uh, when he saw the masses, he felt uh, compassion and pity because they were harassed and confused like sheep without a shepherd. Friends, we have to be that shepherd. And, and the truth of our message and the rod or the staff that we use is the Bible. And that is the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth, which is an important place in every show where 
We have a moment to look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. Our moment of truth today comes from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, which says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's not what they say it is. They can say they're winning. They can say all these things. We just have to look around to know it's not true. We must see them with compassion and pity. They are harassed and confused. As such, I believe that the biggest threat facing this nation and the world is secular humanism. Secular humanism presumes that human beings are capable of being ethical and moral without God. And we just see that that is not so. History tells us it's not so and provides numerous examples, which is why secular humanists don't want our children to study history. If you look around this nation today, in the poverty, anger, isolation, depravity, and homelessness, you will see the fruits of secular humanism. In my mind, secular humanism describes the bondage that results from man's attempts to make himself God. And if that's the case... If man's attempts to make himself God have resulted in bondage, then obedience to God, taking man out of the picture as much as possible to include ourselves, will result in freedom. And that verse says, it is for freedom that you have been set free. What does this mean? It means that if at every opportunity we take ourselves and the ways of men out of our beliefs and thoughts and substitute the ways of Christ, we will be free. To do this, we must know the ways of Christ, and that is why the world works so hard to keep him out of our reach. Don't allow that. Reject that with resolve each day as you read your Bible and focus on obedience to Christ. All the good for which you hope and pray will be yours when one day at a time, one step at a time, You focus on Jesus, and that's courageous Christianity. So, Tom, any thoughts on that? Rich, I would just uh, remind all the listeners out there that we are citizens of a great nation. We are the sons and daughters of a loving God. Keep up the fight. Keep the faith. Keep doing great work. Amen. And I would uh, echo Tom's words earlier. This is the time. It's time to be on the field of battle. Be courageous. Well, at this point, a Marine would say, hurrah. <laughs> and since I'm a Marine, I will say, hurrah. <laughs> Tom, God bless you. God bless the Freedom Alliance and the work that you are doing. Uh, it's so great. Thank you so much for being with us today. Always great to be on the program. Thank you. Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today or your favorite podcast app where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.